What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is, well, it's uh, 2.02 a.m., but I'm calling it Monday night. You know why? Because I am still up. I've been having a crazy night. So in my mind, it's still November 18th, Monday night. For you, you know, technical people, whatever, you could call it uh, Tuesday the 19th, but you guys are listening to episode 136, and I have a good, packed episode for you guys, and you know something, as you could hear in my voice, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, but I'm not tired, I got a little pep in my step tonight, uh, pretty opposite from uh, <laughs> from the last episode, and I want to tell you guys, um, you know, it's funny, people and, and fans and supporters never never cease to amaze me because I'm not going to lie, um, a lot of people, you know, listen to their podcasts back and then publish them. And maybe I'm stupid for not doing it, but I don't do that. I sit down, I talk about what's on my mind, and however it comes out is what I'm going to publish that week. And I rarely, rarely listen back. Or, you know, maybe sometimes I'll just listen to like, oh, was that, you know, was that too, was that too much of a rant? Did I go on too long about that? Or, you know, was that okay? And maybe I'll listen, but I usually don't do that. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Episode uh, 135 last week. I was so tired, shot, and out of it that I listened back and I said, you know something, I was really tired, I don't know, I got a little way too honest with like feelings at the end and I just don't know if I should put this out there and then everybody's like, man, I just heard that episode, that was great, you know, and because I, I just decided last minute, I was like, you know, I'm not, what am I going to do, re-record it, I'm not going to re-record it, I, I, this is what I felt, this is what I was going to say, so I put it out there, and I just remember hitting publish and going, it's out there, you know, I don't care if I'm tired, you know what, not every episode is going to be, you know, perfect or great, and I'm not going to keep re-recording it in order to get it that way, so uh, thank you guys for the positive feedback on it, and um, hey man, you know, I guess you can't... Lose with honesty and just being real, even if you do sound like a, a sluggish, tired, uh, you know, like I did. So uh, thank you guys for the compliments. And uh, it was weird. It was w one that I thought was probably one of my slowest episodes. And I got the most positive feedback maybe from that one that I have in, in a ton. So uh, that was pretty cool. But uh, this episode 136, I have a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm ready to go. And I'm going to take this till you know whatever, 3 o'clock in the morning, and uh, pay for it tomorrow. I had a great week. Um, my birthday just passed. Uh, you know, I shared it with you guys last time. That was pretty cool. And, um, you know, tonight I'm coming back from New York City. I um, was on the, I was just on the Artie Lang show tonight. I made my third appearance on the show. I love Artie. Uh, love his show. It's just, it's like going to a friend's house and just, it's like going to a friend's house and putting a microphone in front of you and just seeing what, what would happen if you just watched a game or talked. It's, it was really cool. I was on there with Joe Matarese and, uh, you know, Joe and I sometimes do his podcast a lot together or, you know, Joe will do my podcast and we, um, we worked on a project. We, we wrote for a, a roast together this year and, we are, um, I'm helping Joe uh, do something with his web series, so we just figured since we were doing a lot of work together, uh, let's go on uh, Artie together, and we did that tonight, we had a really good time, so uh, I'm coming back from one radio show, and I'm, and I'm doing mine, but it was, it, was, it was really cool, and the cool thing about Artie's show, like I mentioned, he has like 
salami and sausage and, you know, cheeses and, you know, anything you want to drink up there. It's just a, a lot of fun, you know. And his co-host, John Ritchie, who was the fullback for the Raiders during that uh, tuck rule game in the snow against the Patriots, such a cool guy. And it was cool because we were in the studio tonight and we're watching the, the Monday Night Football. We're watching the Patriots and the Panthers and watching an NFL game with an NFL player or an ex-NFL player is unbelievable because they see it so differently and they see so many things that, you know, just the average, you know, viewer of the game, they just see everything that, that, that you'd never see. Like one play, uh, Cam Newton today took like a two-yard uh, QB sneak. He, he went up the middle to get two yards. It was a QB sneak to get the first down, and he gets the first down. He's like, did you see what happened with the tight end? Yeah, on that play, the tight end was supposed to come up and, and, and you know, cut in and block, but he got knocked on his ass. It was so funny, and, like, I didn't even nobody that, like, I mean, unless you're really watching and you know offenses, you know, it just looked like Cam Newton, you know, went up the middle, and he got the two yards. I mean, unless, I, mean, I don't know, maybe we're so into offense and just getting the yardage or the way that, you know, the um, the television shows that yellow line, which is the first down marker where they need to get to in order to, uh, you know, to not punt and continue to drive. Maybe that's what we focus on. But it was just so cool to see that and to talk to uh, an, an NFL player while you, while you watch it. So uh, we had a good time with that. And, uh, you know, shout out to Artie Lang, man. Like I said it once and I'll say it again. One of the coolest, nicest, easygoing dudes I've met um, in this business. And, um, you know, just wish that dude well. And um, his new book is out called uh, Crash and Burn. And it's just absolutely, I heard, an amazing read. And it's killing it everywhere. And um, his first book was amazing. I didn't get to read the whole thing, but just excerpts from it were, were incredible. And I said, you know what, If with this one, I, I may read both, but I'm going to get this crash and burn one because I think this is a tell-all of everything. Just a really insane confessional with stuff. So I'm going to check that out. And um, you guys should too. Uh, crash and Burn, Artie Lang's book. His second book, his first book is uh, Too Fat to Fish, which is a hilarious title. Uh, all right, now... Moving on, moving forward, we are going to talk. I got some sports here to talk about, um, which is a, a prediction I made, which I want to weigh in on during this episode. If you guys know what I'm talking about, I'm sure you do. Uh, we're gonna. I got an unacceptable. I got a new unacceptable, which is sports related. Uh, you know, I got some plugs again, guys. Uh, just been too crazy to stop and, and see any kind of movies. Although my buddy Pete Davidson was over here and he made me start watching a movie. I'm going to get into that afterwards. Uh, but I fell asleep because, uh, well, you know, I'll get into why I fell asleep too. So sit back, relax, and let's get into this. I, everybody, just had a um, anniversary. Six years, I'm sorry, I'm sipping, um, I'm sipping one of these seltzers. And this seltzer, because you guys know I drink the seltzer water now. I'm trying to lose weight and all that bullshit. And my wife got one, which is incredible. It was like a green apple, like a sour apple. Like, you know, the green apple seltzer flavor. And it was almost like a like a light version of a, of a Sprite or something. It was insane. And now I'm drinking one that says champagne strawberry. 
And I don't know if I like it that much. It's it's almost like drinking a, a shitty sugary breakfast cereal. But it's a good sip. You know drinks, certain drinks are like good sips. And, and then there's certain drinks you just want to gulp. I got a nice sipper on my hands here. Yeah, I just said that. I'm sorry. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I just said sipper on my hands. Um, oh, 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 oh. I got to... I got to get into this. Before I get into my anniversary, I got to tell you guys a show that I did yesterday. And the days are just flying by and um, it's been so crazy that I I forgot. I didn't even realize that this was yesterday. But yesterday I did two shows. I did um, a private corporate gig, which I want to talk about. And then I ran over to the stand in New York City and I ran a long set there and I taped it. So... Stand Up New York, which is another one of my, uh, you know, another one of my my home clubs. You know, I perform all over and stuff, but my two main clubs is the Stand and Stand Up New York. Uh, one on the west side, one on the east side. And Stand Up New York had contacted me and said, hey, there's a corporate gig in Midtown, you know, and it was me and like, you know, three of my friends on the show. Uh, Richie Redding was on it, Joe List. Uh, James Goff, who's been on the podcast, and and myself, and they said it's in Midtown Manhattan. It's on 57th Street and like I don't know, it was 57th and whatever, seventh or whatever, and is on the 50 57th floor of this building, and it was just insanely high and foggy, but you can still see the city up there. And I didn't even want to look out on the ledge just because it gives you that like I get that feeling, you know, you get that feeling in your balls. You just, I don't know, it's just weird, like, for a dude, uh, women, you probably can't relate, but when you, a dude, like, when he walks to the ledge of something, it's the weirdest thing, it's like, your your dick and your balls just, like, have this, like, dude, back up now, you get this weird feeling, so I didn't even really look out there, but we go to this, like, swanky upstairs party, and the party was, like, this big real estate company through this, like, swanky little party up on the 57th floor of this building of all of their clients that you know either bought real estate from them or you know were were looking to be a client or was a a past client I don't know but so it was like this really rich and it was you know very it was um, I guess it was just a lot of yarmulkes okay there was very Jewish and yarmulkes and um, people that you thought were, were definitely had money and judging you. And I'm not going to lie, that's how you felt. And they were all talking and have the, they had a little spread of catered food. They had some sushi. They had some penny vodka and, and, and you know, just pasta. And they had some salads and everybody's sitting there eating. And they had all these like leather, you know, it was definitely like a swanky party and stuff. Everybody was dressed nice. And they're all sitting up there and... The host, Richie, who did a fine job, but he just had to, like, go up in front of, like, people just standing, talking, socializing at a party, then settle them down, and then by the time they all sat down and stuff, he did his thing, and I ended up closing the show, so um, Joe List went up, and James went up, and then I went up, and just really, like, yeah, I, I was just glad I had experience in that. I mean, it was fun, you know, I got paid and all that, but just really weird, like, seeing people you know, who clearly have money just on like a leather couch, two feet in front of you. And we didn't have a stage. They just basically had this little square floor area with the microphone stand on it. 
and then people just sitting around in a couch. It was really weird, bizarre, but also cool at the same time to be up that high overlooking the city doing this stand-up show on the 57th floor. And I'm not going to lie, I, I got my money, or I just I did the show, I got out of there. Had a couple pieces of sushi roll beforehand. And, uh, I mean, at one point, some lady brought a baby, and the baby started crying, and they had to leave, and it was, it was, it was kind of bizarre. They had, like, a couch right next to you, so there were, like, people dressed nice, like, within a foot from you, and then in the back, there were, like, really old people, and the old people were laughing and into it, and then some of the other people were, it was just a, a very weird, bizarre thing, but... I'm just bringing it up to let you know comedy can be anything. You know, I was at the Beacon Theater, one of the most famous places, and, and then all of a sudden I'm at some swanky, you know, 57th floor little private party in Midtown Manhattan, and then I just get in my car and run over to the stand. Um, when you get it, if you're a young comedian or, or just a comedian listening to this and you get into that, what you do is you go up there, you address it, you get through your jokes, you put a smile on your face, you get your money, and you get the fuck out of there. <laughs> that's what you do. <laughs> All right, that's it. Then I went over to the stand and um, ran ran a set and whatever, and then today just running around. So I'm fucking, I'm running around. This is a busy week for me. I'm trying to pack it all in before Thanksgiving where I could just relax with a weird-looking sweater on and a drink in my hand. Um, I don't know. Drive you out in the middle of nowhere. Leave you for dead. Christmas vacation reference. All right. My, my, um, here we go. Next, next topic is my anniversary, okay? And my anniversary was six years with my beautiful, lovely wife, Stacy. We got married um, November 17th, and it was great. It was great. The the day I remember the day was like slight, slightly rained, but I, it was just a great time. And uh, my mother-in-law was really cool. And my mother-in-law said, "Look, for your anniversary dinner, she says I just wanna I wanna come over. I wanna take care of the kids. I want you guys to go out, have a great time, stay out as long as you want, and um, and just go and and just chill." And and my wife and I were like, "Absolutely, we're gonna take you up on that." And now my area has like three famous and nice restaurants and I'm like up in the woods. So these places are like known to be just great. And, and, you know, I called up one of them and it was, uh, I called up and they're like, sorry, we don't have anything tonight. We don't have any reservations at all. And that was the one that, that was one that we really wanted to go to. But then there are two others and there's this one place here that, um, it's so good, I don't even want to give the name, but there's only three, so you can Google restaurants in North Salem, and you will find it out, okay, or in, in Salem, or um, I don't know if it crosses over the border because I'm near Connecticut, but um, anyways, so we go to this, I call this other place, and the place says, okay, um, yeah, how many you got? I said, you know, just two. And they said, what time do you want to come in? And I said, you know, I'd like to come in at 7.30. And they were like, cool. And we go into this place and instantly I looked at I looked at Stace and I go, I love this place. It's just one of those restaurants. It had a feel. First of all, it was absolutely packed. They had multiple 
and it's not a big place, but they had multiple parking lots. The bar was packed with people. They had a TV on it. It was nice. And then around that was this quiet, elegant. It was the weirdest thing because usually you go into a place where the bar is busy and there's a TV and you think like loud and weird. No, it was just people sitting there at the bar enjoying themselves eating a nice TVs on and then around it is dark elegant people just eating these insane meals uh, I'm not gonna lie uh, not cheap it wasn't cheap like some of the dishes were nuts the menu was incredible and um, it was one of the coolest things I've never went to a restaurant before where you have like three waiters I, it was insane like like it was so it was awesome. Like one guy's like, hey, you know, welcome, can I do this? Is this, you know, your first time? Like asked all the right questions. And I said, oh, you know, we're kind of new in town, so we're excited to be here. And um, he was like, oh, that's great. You know, let me get you. And I said, listen, you know, what what could you recommend? Uh, And uh, I said, you know, we'll start with a little wine. And he's like, well, what kind of wine do you want? And I was like, well, I was like, you know, I like a little red, maybe a cab or something. And he's like, all right, yeah, well, this. He's like, how do you like it? Like, this guy, he's like, we got a huge wine list. But he's like, how do you like it? I was like, well, you know, just, you know, because some people like it, you know, like a a fruitier one or somewhat of an aftertaste. And, you know, I was like, listen, you know, just something really smooth. And, and, you know, and and the restaurant's not far from the house. So, you know, I was like, yeah, let's just go. You know what I mean? Like, I could wait here and have a couple drinks and wait here and drink some water and go home in 10 minutes. It doesn't matter. So I was like, get something smooth that's going to go down because we may be here a while. And he's like, absolutely, this is the wine you want. And he gives us the wine. Then another guy comes over. This guy's awesome. This guy's like, you have any questions about the menu? And I was like, yeah, you know, what What do you suggest? And he's like, well, this this is amazing. Uh, you might want to try this. Oh, this salad. I was like, how about salads? Oh, this salad is my favorite. Um, how about the specials? Well, this is new on the menu. And I was like, if you come here for the first time, what would you get? And he's telling me all this stuff. And then and then I'm like, all right, that's going to be the waiter. And then the actual waiter comes over and is like, did you guys decide on everything? So it's almost like they have like advice people. It, it was just, it was, I didn't even, it would be like if you went into a car dealership and a guy's like, hey man, yeah, what kind of colors you like? Oh, you like those colors? You go to that section right there. Those colors are there. You got your reds and your blues. You like red and blue cars, you go over there. And then they leave, and you think they're going to be... And then another guy comes in, and he was like, hey, what kind of engine you like? You like that engine? And then finally the guy's like, all right, so which one are we doing? Are we taking a red or a blue? And and it was like... And the middle guy, I, I actually... I think I liked the middle guy the best because the middle guy was like... He was like the James Bond of the shit. Like he came in and he was like this and this and this. And I'm like, holy shit. Like this is. And then like, I think like the server was just kind of like the order taker without really having to give the information. Like he didn't have the job of like what a real waiter like tells you everything. So I don't know, maybe because the place is so busy and they just want to like really get people happy. Whatever the fuck they're doing worked. It was awesome. So the appetizer we started with this appetizer, right? And this appetizer was, oh yes, and I am buckle up because I'm going through the whole meal. So you could fast forward this if you're not interested, but I'm telling you, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to describe the shit that I was eating. Um, it was like this ball, like a fritter, I guess. And it just had, it. oh my God, it was like, you know, fried on the outside, of course. And it had this like melted cheese in the middle, like a mozzarella cheese. 
and um, a little spice and kick to it with all this seasoning. It was insane. And then another guy comes over and goes, hey, welcome to the area. This is on us. And they give us this brown paper bag of crab cake fritters. So these other little balls of just delicious crab cake and to dip it in this in this orange sauce. So now I'm on like my second glass of wine and we're eating these delicious, you know, crab cake balls and these uh, whatever the, the first thing was, the, the, you know, the cheese and the spice. And it was before anything started. So then the guy says uh, to me, you know, we're like, oh, what salad? He goes, did you guys want to split a salad? And we're like, yeah, as a matter of fact, we do. And he goes, the best salad in here, my favorite salad is this kale salad. Now, as soon as I heard kale... I'm going like, man, fuck this shit. You know what I mean? Like, not, not, not in like a, in a stoop, but it's just like kale is like the. You know, I never heard of gluten. You know, gluten free this or you know like kale or any any of these things. And I'm thinking it's this thing. Anyway, he goes, no, you got to get this salad. So he comes back, and I didn't know. I'm not even joking around. I didn't know what kale was up until like a week ago. I didn't fully know what it was. Like, I didn't know exactly what it was, where it came from, what it tastes like. I didn't know anything about kale. All I know is people talked about it being super healthy. And that's kind of why I was like, man, fuck this. All right. So he comes back with this salad and they broke it up for in two and it was still huge. I'm telling you right now, this was one of the most delicious. My mouth is watering talking about it right now. This was one of the most delicious. It had like this lemony put like lemon on it and some other spices and shit. I don't know what was in this salad, but I love kale now. And it was one of the most delicious, just amazing salads I've ever had. So now I'm like two and a half glasses of wine in. The appetizer is insane. The salad is insane. Now it's time for the main course. Now I'm sitting there and I'm like, what would you suggest? You know what's good here? I saw one of the burgers come out. It looked nuts. But I saw that they had a nice seafood thing. Then I saw that they had a nice pork chop. And then the guy says to me, we have something. It's one of the best things on the menu here. It's it's out of this world. And I said, what is it? And he said, it's a veal chop. And he said, have you ever had a veal chop? And I go, you know, I've had veal, but I don't think I've ever had it like on a chop, like a, a big a veal chop. And he goes, look, and this is the same guy that said kale. So now I'm thinking, wow, this guy doesn't give a shit about health or anything. This guy just knows what tastes incredible. Now, veal parmesan is one of my favorite Italian dishes ever. And I know some people listening right now got upset with me talking about veal. And I had a Twitter follower say something about veal. And I'm going to address you people when I'm done talking about this dinner. Okay? No, that's not the unacceptable for the week. Although the tweet I got is, but... Uh, I'm going to talk about that, uh, and I'm going to get into that after. That'll be a fun little a, a fun little rant with a, you know, since I'm talking about food, I'll say a fun little rant with a dash of evil in it, okay, and venom. So that that's coming. That's coming up next. Um, but let me let me finish this. So I I I order um, Stacy orders a pork chop, which was gigantic, huge, and delicious, and I order this veal chop which I've never had before and it was insane it was insane it was delicious my wife's pork chop was delicious and we just we loved the dinner um 
my wife's pork chop had like these berries on it and it had some kind of spicy sauce and these little potatoes on the side. Um, the only thing I didn't like about my meal was on the side of my veal, there were what I thought was potato, but maybe not these little squares. And when you initially bit it, it tasted like potato and it was good, but the aftertaste of it was really weird and I didn't like it. That was the only thing of this meal. If I had to complain about it, that was it. And that was such a minor, you know, little part of it that, you know, so I I eat this meal and I'm just like, oh my God. And my wife and I are looking at each other going, oh, and the guy nailed it from the kale salad to the chop, to, uh, to the veal chop, to the kale salad, to the, to the fritters at the beginning, the wine he picked. We sit in this restaurant for two and a half hours and have an amazing conversation. You know, we're talking about everything. We're, you know, we're talking about our kids and we're talking about our house and we're talking about our, our careers. Not too much with the work, but we're just talking about everything. We're just enjoying everything. And the meal could not have been better. And then we decide, well, we got to do dessert now. And I start getting, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good now. I'm on like three and a half glasses of wine. We, we should have just went for the full bottle, but we started with half bottles, a half bottle, and then I was like, yeah, get the same thing, get another half bottle. So I don't know if two half bottles worked out more than a bottle, but it, either way, it was good, it was enough. And then we got this carrot cake sundae where it was like this tall glass of an ice cream sundae, but there were just multiple layers of carrot cake in it with some sauce on it, which was, I, I, I don't even know how to describe it other than it was... It was everything that you would hope biting into something would ever be, ever. So, and then I got something which was, again, out of this world. The last touch detail, hey, do you guys want coffee? And I got an Irish coffee with a little whiskey and all that stuff. And it was, it just nailed it. I, I gave Stacy a sip of it and she was like, holy shit, that's incredible. Just a top-notch, amazing anniversary dinner with my wife. I... There is, you cannot put a price tag on fine dining. And I mean, from just the wait staff to the, to the plates, to the everything just being amazing. Even by the waiter just kept laughing. He goes, your adjectives are killing me. Like I was just saying incredible, phenomenal. And he was just laughing and he was just like, he had a really good time with us. So it was an absolutely great time. Now, to you people who have a problem with veal, I might have addressed this before. But I'm gonna address it. I'm gonna address it again. First of all, I got a text message today that said, and I don't know if somebody else talked about this or or how somebody heard this, but I got a text message today that said something along the lines of veal chop. No, I'm sorry. I got a tweet, and it said veal chop question mark really question mark. You're part of the problem. Now, let me make something perfectly clear to anybody out there who has a problem with with veal or anything anybody eats. Now, if you're a vegetarian or you're a, you know, whatever, a vegan and you don't eat meat, that is your prerogative. That is your decision. Um, Good for you. God bless you. Okay, you're missing out on stuff. Now, I don't eat a ton of red meat. I don't eat a, like a ton of meat. I really don't. I mean, I eat chicken a lot, and but I don't not eat meat because I'm thinking of the animals, okay? Because I don't know if you guys don't realize this or not, but we're fucking human beings who are on top of the food chain. 
Do you understand? Now, if you, and this is one of the best things my older brother ever said. He goes, I will never listen to somebody. If you have a leather belt, if you have leather shoes, if you have any kind of clothing with leather and you're going to talk shit about that, I don't give you. And the whole idea of, well, well, you know, veal, it's younger. It's younger. What does that matter? Okay, I'll argue that it sucks to like have somebody like like a cow live longer and like you pet it and shit and talk to it and then you fucking put a bullet in its head. At least when it's younger, it's just serving the purpose for food and and it doesn't have to fucking, you know, it doesn't have to have that many friends. I did talk about I remember talking about this once before, but somebody went at me and was like, "Veal chop? Really? You're eating veal? First of all, I eat veal maybe twice a year, three times a year." But if I go to a restaurant that's a five-star restaurant and I talk to a waiter and and he says this is outrageous, the same guy that said kale and it was outrageous, the same guy that said, you know, the appetizers was great, the same people in the restaurant that are talking about the wine and and they're nailing everything and you think that he's going to say one of the best new things on the menu, which is outrageous, is a veal chop and I'm not going to do it because some fucking, I mean, that's, that's, listen, to me, that's crazy. Don't eat a burger then. You know, you're eating a burger. You're eating its parents. It's, it's like, are you kidding me? We're human. That, that's what we do. We go fishing. We cut We cut fish's heads off and, and eat sushi. You're not going to... I mean, it's just... Listen, to me, it's, it's silly. And, um, I, like, if this is offensive to you, then, I, I mean, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. Other than fuck you. Like, stop listening to me. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, I, I mean, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's 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 nothing short of lunacy. That's if you now listen again. If you hate like the, I mean that's fine. If like you like that, but then treat people who eat burgers like that, or treat people who eat steaks or whatever like that. That's cool. Okay, then then you're like that across the board. But don't be if you're one of these people that are like, I mean I could understand eating a burger, but veal. Shut up. Shut up. And I'm gonna tell you something right now. This fucking veal chop would have would have turned you turned you over you would have went from some animal activist to fucking Hannibal Lecter if you if you if you had a bite of this veal so I don't want to hear shit about it really you're part of the problem no I'm not part of the problem I'm in a five-star restaurant and they have the thing sitting back there and some incredible cook is going to fucking put it together for me I'm eating it it'd be worse if you killed the damn thing and just left it in a freezer you know, I don't know. I I was just I, I just think that that's, you know. We judge everything is judged and scrutinized now. You can't do anything. You can't do anything or be honest about it. People and people are so full of shit. I've asked many crowds on stage. Anybody in here has any round of applause if you've said something racist in your life? And 10 to 15% of the crowd will clap and be honest about it. Everybody else just has this phony bullshit afraid to be judged. It's so stupid. It, it's awful. It, there's nothing wrong with making mistakes and understanding that you were ignorant once before. I did things in my life, I would honestly, that, that I, I, I've probably till I die, I'll be like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I was so stupid. I was so ignorant to things. I was so naive. You know, it's just, I, I I don't know. But people are just so afraid to just be honest. Like, I'm, if you think that I'm going to fucking, 
hide the fact that I like veal because a few people are going to be offended or people are going to be offended because the, the it's younger. I, I mean, wh- why eat a burger then? Why eat anything? We don't know the ages of fish. You're going to pull a fucking salmon out of the water and be like, oh, this thing's got a couple inches more to grow before I want to catch it again? No, you're going you're gonna to cut its head off and eat it. You're going to put soy sauce and some wasabi on that bitch and love it. That's what's going to happen. I just, uh, I mean, and this isn't even the unacceptable for the week. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, and I don't like, and I, look, and, and there is, listen, it's one of those things where I could admit to, like, I don't eat it. And first of all, there would be not a problem. I mean, look, I'm not, if I ate it every day, I ate it every day. I don't care. And I would admit that I do. But I don't. I eat it. I eat veal once. A, veal is very expensive. And B, it's a, it's a certain taste. And I like to change tastes up a little bit. So if I go to an Italian restaurant, I'll maybe get a little eggplant. Then, you know, and, and, and eggplant's really rare. I do eggplant really rare, but I get, I love chicken parm, something like that. But then occasionally I'll be like, okay, you know what? This is a really good place. I heard they have really good tender veal. That's another thing. This guy said the veal is out of the world, but oh, they got really good tender veal. I'm going to do a veal parmesan with spaghetti on the side and a glass of wine. I mean, fuck, you, you got to be kidding me. So to answer your question, Twitter follower, veal chop, really? You're part of the problem. Yes, veal chop. Yes, really. And as far as the problem, I just I, shut up. I'm part of the problem. It's fucking there in a restaurant. It's, uh, you know. I just hope that person that tweeted me that doesn't eat burgers and has not had a burger in fucking 10 years. I really hope that. No, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to wait a couple years so I could have them as a burger. I'm going to, that's what I'm going to, I'm not going to, whatever. All right, so that's my veal thing. It was delicious. It was amazing. And um, there goes my vegan and my vegetarian listeners. Bye, guys. Sorry. Hope you had a great time on uh, episodes (laughs) 1 through 135. Eat my dick. How about that? How about that for you vegetarians? (laughs) You don't like veal? Fuck out of here. All right. Now, what else are we going to do? Yeah, it's just that that's one thing that I, you know, I guess that would be the issue that I wanted to address is I just, things are really getting like bad and I know it's good in some ways to like make sure, like I get the whole bullying thing. But there's a fine line between bullying and letting boys be boys. You know, there's a fine line between, you know, just just horsing around or being, you know, just, you know, too much to the point where you could like, you know, it's like I, I went to my son's, I guess like hurt somebody's feelings. I don't know. You know, but I, I went to my son's school and my son is really big right now on Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles are coming back. And, you know, his teachers are just saying that everyone, all the boys in the class, all they talk about is Ninja Turtles. Like, it's like their new thing. And now they're not like, now they're, they're, 
they're telling parents that they don't want them to watch it because they're coming home and they're jumping around. I mean, they're coming to school and they're jumping around doing karate kicks and they're doing that stuff in front of people and people are getting really, you know, upset. So, so now like I just, and, and listen, I understand if you're watching something and you're going to school and you're kicking a kid or chopping his neck or making him cry, I get that. But when does it end? You know, like when, when does it end and when does it mean like a boy can't kind of roughhouse or joke around or, you know, that's like part of it, you know, and, and part of growing up and being a man is actually slapping somebody or punching somebody in the face that treats you bad because then all of a sudden they stop and they, they learn a lesson. That's like part of the, that's like part of it. That's part of the, the whole thing of growing up and, and dealing with stuff as, you know, dealing with problems as a as a as a child who you know has this bully or situation or somebody that's just getting in their way and they and, and you know sometimes it 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 never is good to end you know or result in violence but sometimes if that's the action that needs to be taken in order to alleviate the problem then do it i've always said this the greatest business plan as far as the greatest business model, oh, I'm going to be pissing off a lot of people with this podcast, but the greatest business model I've ever seen is is the mafia. Now, the mafia are uneducated, violent animals a lot of the times, and I get that. No conscience and stuff like that. I get that. But there is something to be said about if you fuck up, you die. I think... I, I think uh, the great Richard Pryor, I think he said something along those lines. I got to find that bit. But I think he said something about like when insurance companies, he, he did a joke about like, well, listen, you know, if, if you don't <laughs> if you don't have the money, you know, that's, that's pretty much like he just made a joke about how like, you know, serious it is. And it sounds stupid, but the, the point I'm trying to make is if somebody knows if they bother you, hurt you, mess with you, if that person knows... They're going to get it some way, somehow bad. It's coming back to them. Chances are they're not going to mess with you. And I just don't know where the line is drawn because what's going to happen when these kids get older, when you're 15, 16? You can't just run to the teacher and go, hey, you know, he was, he said something. Like, you know, there. I, I don't know. I don't know where that line is. So let me know what you guys think. Tweet at me or let me know. Like, do you think that we should just eliminate any kind of confrontation? We should eliminate every kind of, like, act out that could be looked at as violent or looked at as, you know, just taking it too far and or maybe doing something that's going to make somebody feel uncomfortable and that person tells but maybe what you were doing wasn't that bad you just saw it in a cartoon but because everything is so fucking looked at and everything is so scrutinized and then the parents oh we have a problem with you now I've luckily I haven't had any problems with my son it's just all the boys in his class are like jumping around and going nuts for ninja turtles and they're trying to stop it you know I mean, I got my son a Ninja Turtle cartoon. He watched it, and yeah, I mean, they're kicking robots from another planet. Like, they're knocking out robots from another planet, like these metal things or whatever. I just don't... Like... I just think there's bad kids and there's good kids. Like, if I look at my son in the face and I say, look, 
you, you see the way Raphael and Donatello and Leonardo and fucking uh, Michelangelo are kicking those robots, and you see the way they'll take out their weapons and they'll hit those robots on the head and stuff. Like, you can't do that to a kid in your class because he's a human being and it's going to hurt him and it's not right. And if I find out that you are, okay, we're going to take away privileges. You're not going to see any Ninja Turtles anymore. You know, if you hurt anybody or try these things, this is a cartoon. This is fake. This is made up for you to just watch and enjoy. Okay, it's good guys taking down the bad guy and, you know, they do it with, you know, their weapons and stuff. But it's fake and make-believe and you can't do that to people. And show them how, you know. Obviously, don't hit your kids and be like, see, that shit hurts. I mean, that would be hilarious. But no, just let them know. If that's not enough after a while, then I just, I mean, then I, I feel like there's something wrong with the kid. Like, I just feel like a dumb kid would, like, you know, it's like these, you know, these violent things with guns and stuff. Like, if you look at a video game and then you go into a school and shoot it up because of the video game, I mean, that that's, that's, I mean, and look, I know that's a sensitive subject because that happens now. And, you know, again, I mean, that's, it's just ridiculous. But I, I don't think that video games are to blame on that. I don't think that. You know, and here's another thing. Like, nobody ever talks about the video games where, like, a vehicle takes, like, a big jump off a cliff. And then you hear see a bunch of kids taking their cars up to a mountain and trying to jump a canyon because, it, you know, you do it in a, in a video game. Like, that doesn't happen. So anytime something happens, like, gun-wise or anytime something happens violence-wise when it happens, they're like, oh, it's the video games. No, it's just a crazy fucking unhappy kid who's trying to, like, do, it's just a, a disturbed individual. It's not the video games. It's, it's not. It's not the cartoons. You know, I watched a shitload of the, the coyote, you know, the roadrunner and the coyote. All right, I never put dynamite under my brother's chair and watched him blow up and started running it. Like, I never did that. Tom and Jerry, I never took a frying pan and smashed my brother in the face with it and, like, ran away. I never did that because, and I watched Tom and Jerry a lot. I never put a... I almost just said I never put a mousetrap on my brother's tail. <laughs> One, I don't have a mousetrap. And two, my brother does not have a tail. But you guys know what I'm saying. I just think it's excuses. I just think you watch what your kids do. And, you know, I'm going to tell my kid. I'm going to be like, and I told my son. My son got in trouble for doing something. You know, he... he he was, he, him and another kid were doing something and I was told, but it was brought to my attention and I found out it was something that a lot of the kids were doing and it was probably, you know, they probably, yeah, probably cartoons and TV shows had something to do with it. But then after I talked to him and you got to understand, he's a four year old kid. After I talked to him and, and my, my wife talked to him, my wife is way harder than me. Like my wife does not play around. I'm not even joking around. Like when my wife goes and gets pissed like I feel like I'm the little kid and I'm scared. My wife is no joke. Like my wife was talking to my son and like I we both were like pouting. It was crazy. And it was amazing to watch and like she's an amazing mother, you know. Uh, my wife is great. She's an amazing mother. She's an amazing, 
you know, wife and, and she's super smart and she gets it. And, you know, I'm looked at as the pushover, you know, I'm looked at like when I get to spend time with my kids and I'm not traveling and stuff like I just want to have fun with my kids. And, and that, that's something that I'm really working on. And that's something that I can't do because that's not cool. You don't do that. You know, I, I discipline them, but I am a pushover with my kids. You know, my daughter gets upset. I mean, my daughter, she's got me, she's got me. And, you know, my son too, but when my son was doing this and horsing around in school, which he normally doesn't do, so I knew it was a problem for him to be doing it, and I knew something was influencing him, but I sat down and I talked to him and I told him what the situation was, and I, I you know, I said, this, you, these privileges will be taken away. I'm not kidding. This is going to happen, and you start following through with that shit as a parent, and it works. You need to understand that you have the control in order to make this individual's life comfortable and happy for them. Or if they're not acting right, doing things that that they're like, wow, I don't want this to go on anymore. Take, we, we were talking about that. I talked about this in the Artie show today. Taking something away is the, is the greatest, it's the way to do it. Something simple, like if my son ever acted up, like if I told my son he was going to have dessert and he started acting up and I'm like, that's it, you're not getting ice cream tonight, you're not, that's it. I told you you can have dessert tonight, but you know what, you acted, you're not going to get ice cream tonight. He loses his mind and he'll never do it again. And there is a line, I know that there's bullying and I know that stuff, but like why is everything, screw, everything is just under a microscope now. And I'm against, I, I actually got, somebody was like, well, do you think there's bullying or do you think like what happened to, you know, no, I do think there's bullying and I think it does need to be stopped and I'm glad there's a movement against it because I think that some kids just don't defend themselves, can't, and I, I don't think kids should be killing themselves because they can't go to school and enjoy their day without some asshole making it miserable. I, I definitely agree with that and I think that there are some kids that can't fight back. I really do, whether they have mental problems, whether they're just beat up mentally and they can't, they don't have the strength to do anything like that. I get that. So I'm against that. I'm just talking about when like people are saying, oh, that's a form of bullying. You know, I'm not talking about the guy that follows you home after school and kicks the shit out of you every day and, 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 and makes your life a living hell from, you know, eighth grade to, you know, you're a senior and you just want, you want, I'm not talking about that. that that's something that needs to be stopped. I'm talking about the other thing. Just like, well, you know, he kind of hurt his feelings and we really don't want to do that. And, and, and All right, let them be boys. They're, it's funny when they get to the phase where they pull their dick out, though. It's just hilarious. Because they have no, like, we'd all be arrested if you acted like that, cause that when they discover it. But, um, but yeah, that, that's what I wanted to talk about. So, you know... I just like, when is it going to end? It's happening in the NFL, too. <laughs> All these rules. I just feel like everything now is being judged. We're in this judgment, you know, state. Like, like, we're in this judgment in our life now with everything. Rules are getting, you know, everything is just, I don't know. I just feel like in the 80s and 90s, it was just more simple and free and just not, you know, and here's the thing. It's weird. It seems like we're more health conscious now, yet we're more obese than ever. 
Because in the 80s and 90s, you had like the one fat friend. And he was known as a fat friend. It was like the movie Stand By Me. The, the, you know, there was the, 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 the one kid, Vern or whatever. There was, a, there was a fat kid. And that's really what it was like. The one fat friend. Now we're talking about all these great things to do with diets and running around. Yet we're just a bunch of fat fucks running around. It's weird. Okay, everybody. We're going to go into an unacceptable. We're going to go into sports. We're going to keep going. I have a knee problem and I'm worried about it. I fell down holding my daughter. I don't know if I said that to you guys before, but I fell down holding my daughter. I was running with my daughter. I picked her up and I'm running with her and I'm at my mom's and I just, I fell down and I think I mentioned it and I, my initial thing was I got to get rid of her so I could brace myself, but then in half a second I'm like, I can't, that's my daughter, so I just had to like rest her on my chest and take this fall and now I think my I did something to a ligament. I don't know, but I got to go check it out. But my leg is screwed up, man. This is all I fucking need, too. But here we go, everyone. Here we go. Unacceptable for the week. And this will lead right into sports. Unacceptable for the week is Madison Square Garden and the stupid uneducated, no sports knowledge having New York fans chanting Fire Woodson. Okay, now, he's a stand-up guy, he's a gentleman, and he's going to say the Knicks aren't performing because of him. Are you guys out of your mind that the first year this guy took a shitty team on? They won 53 games. The first half of last year, they played better defense than I've ever seen the Knicks play. They made it past the first round of the playoffs and lost to the Pacers in the second round. And they got off to a slow start after, what, six to eight games, and Madison Square Garden, certain people are chanting, Fire Woodson. Unacceptable. Okay? And it is a typical for these New York fans. And I, and I, I, I got news for you, man, and some of you fans aren't going to like this. New York fans, and they're dumb all over the place. But New York fans are some of the most fickle. Philly might be the most fickle. And I said that on stage down there. But New York fans are some of the most fickle, dumb, meat-headed fucking moron. Just absolute idiots who know... No, you know, it's like the guy who just has a slice of pizza in his face. Go, oh, this fucking... You know, this is bull. How could they do that? Why you just throw the ball? Blah, blah, blah. I'm a fat asshole. It, it's so stupid. Those are the same fans, listen to me, those are the same fans, and they did this, that booed Mariano Rivera. If you are booing Mariano Rivera, you are a spoiled asshole who just sees greatness, and the one time there's a flaw in one of the greatest pitchers of all time, you boo it, just because you don't know anything else, and you're like, well, what's going on, let's just boo him, like everybody else, he sucks now. You are a moron. You should be smacked in the face with a side of veal. A fucking baby calf should fall on your head. Hopefully your sister's a vegetarian. I can't I can't believe they booed Jeter. You guys remember that? They booed Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter a couple of years ago was like one for thirty five and Yankee Stadium started to boo him. 
This is a five-time world champion. This is rookie of the year. This is MVP of uh, of an all-star game. This is rookie of the year. This is five world champions. This is, I mean, you name every fucking, everything that this kid did. One of the greatest baseball players you'll ever see, ever, ever. He's one of the greatest baseball players ever. Intangibles, everything like that. And then New York fans got called out in the media for booing and everyone realized how ridiculous and stupid it was. It was like everybody needed to take a step back and go, what are we doing? And then the next time he got to bat, everyone went nuts and he hit a home run. And I was at that game. It was against Oakland. Okay? That's what New York fans did. So New York fans booed uh, Mariano. They booed Jeter. They, they didn't appreciate it or know what they had in Patrick Ewing. They don't know what they have in Eli Manning, even though people do think that they do. This guy doesn't miss a snap. This guy's a two-time world champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP. This guy went to went into the, the hardest thing. We've talked about this. He, he's the best. He's the best we've had here. I mean, Phil Simms was great too, but, but come on, man. Eli Manning is he's a Hall of Famer. I know he throws a lot of picks, but he also goes for it. And he's had, and he's had a lot of, and a lot of the picks he threw this year were 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 not his fault. But he's not going to call those people out. And we're going to we're going to appreciate him when some fucking kid, some third round kid from Colgate, you know, is 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 under center, and 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 we're winning five games a year. And then they're going to realize, oh my God, remember the days of Eli where we were just a powerhouse every time. That's what New York fans do. So now Madison Square Garden is chanting "Fire Woodson." After 10 games and the guy calls out his stars on the court, yelling at Carmelo Anthony on the court, preaching defense, just great coach, 50, over 50 games last year, and 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 fire Woodson, as if that's going to matter, as if that's mattered over the years with the Knicks. Let me ask you something. Is it Coach Woodson's fault that we play awful, one-on-one, selfish style of basketball? Is it Coach Woodson's fault that he he gives J.R. Smith the start and then J.R. Smith just you know dribbles up to the perimeter without passing the ball once and pulls up a fucking awful 18-foot shot with a guy right in his face? Is, 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 is it the coach's fault? You stupid idiots. It's unacceptable. Learn the game and know what you're talking about. You chant fire a coach when he's been there for three or four years and he sucks every year and he makes excuses and he's shitty to the media and he, that that's when you fire a coach. You don't fire a coach who year one gets you to the playoffs and you win the first round of a playoffs for the first time in, a, in fucking a dozen years. Or, or a playoff game, I'm sorry, a playoff game. Stupid New York fans, unacceptable. How about my prediction, everybody? Yes, I have to talk about it. We're going to talk about this for a little bit. Now, um, for you people that just started listening to the Verzi Effect, and I know there's a bunch of you after uh, seeing me recently on those big venues with Bill Burr, and thank you. Thank you for the people that came to Twitter and said, oh, I just saw the fir- I just listened to the first Verzi Effect, and it's awesome. I'm a regular listener now. Thank you. Um, I guess if you like veal or if you don't like veal, you probably only are going to listen to one or two. But uh, <laughs> what I was going to say is uh, I made a prediction when the Giants were 0-6. The regular listeners know this. 
And I said when the Giants were 0-6, and I'm actually damn proud of this prediction because when an NFL team is 0-6, it means there's a clear problem. So my prediction was pretty, pretty bold to say that they were going to win four out of the next five games. And what did they do, everybody? They just won their fourth in a row. So... Um, we got the Cowboys coming in next week. If we beat them, we're going to be 5-6 and six after starting 0-6. Carolina Panthers just won six games in a row. This is like the weirdest year I've ever seen with, with the NFL football because teams are, are losing many weeks in a row, then they're winning many weeks in a row, they're, they're turning it on. And that wasn't usually the case in the NFL. Usually in the NFL, like you, if you go 0-6, you're just a bad team, was probably going to finish like 4-12, and 3-13. Like if you're 0-6, there's a clear problem. Somebody needs to get fired. But the Giants, once again, uh, and, that's, and, and that was a big reason for my prediction. A big reason for my prediction with the Giants was very simple. Not too much personnel had changed. You have the same coach, you have the same offensive coordinator, you have the same quarterback who's been to two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl wins, two Super Bowl MVPs. Okay, you have Justin Tuck who's been there. You have JPP who's been there. Fine, we lost OCU Manura. You know, uh, we got uh, David Deal got back uh, on the offensive line, which kind of made the offensive line play a little better. The one thing we were missing was the running game, but I didn't think that that was enough for us to just continue to lose i'm sorry i heard something and it's uh my cat cats are like the scariest thing to hear because if you like cats make noises that you're like holy shit someone's breaking in the house but um yeah i just i just i was like this team is too talented you know they just gave money to Cruz. he's another one akeem nicks although he's not playing well he's still on the team so you have all these same pieces of teams, of giant teams that have been successful, same coaching staff, same quarterback, and something just wasn't clicking. So that's why I made the prediction, and you know what? It came true. So dude, I called it, and I, I, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not saying I don't know what's going to happen, but if they, look, their confidence level is up right now, and they just won four straight. If Dal- Dallas is coming off a bye, but they got to come to our building. If Dallas goes in there and loses, and the Giants are five and six, then then you're talking the Giants could go on some crazy runs. So I'm I'm excited. At least it's a season again for the Giants. Uh, I I can't believe they started zero and six, and then you know. Eli's played as bad as he did, but now I can't believe that they might get five in a row. So I'm just going to see what happens. Hopefully the Knicks turn things around. The Knicks are just, the Knicks are always, we talked about it last time, the Knicks are just my problem. But let's see what happens with the Giants. And we're talking about soccer's never going to, it's nothing. Soccer's never going to be big in this country. You know why? Because we just need all the fast action sports are doing good. Baseball numbers and attendance are down. While basketball has these stars like Durant and LeBron and it's getting better and Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and all these guys that are, you know, really, you know, kind of bringing the league back and it's fast pace and the dunking and all that stuff. Um, so that that's getting more popular. And, and the NFL, there's action every 30 seconds. 
we were saying how uh, just soccer is just, I mean, if soccer hasn't made it yet here, I just don't know because I don't think people are into zero to zero, you know, 60, 70 minutes into a contest, zero, zero. I just don't think that that's, you know, and the field seems gigantic. I don't know. But football is always going to be, I think football is always going to be the thing. I'm interested to see who goes to the Super Bowl. But I could talk about that with sports. I mean, I could sit here and, and talk about that. I'm an hour in. So, um, yeah, movies, guys, I did not see. But my buddy Pete Davidson was over. And Pete said, um, you ever see One Flew Over to Cuckoo's Nest? And I started to watch it with him. And then I fell asleep because I had some whiskey. And I took a couple of hits of... This uh, marijuana, medical marijuana from Colorado. And holy shit. Like, I don't smoke weed a lot. You know, I smoke weed a couple times a year. And I got to tell you, this shit. I mean, I took two hits of this shit. I was forgetting what I was saying. Like, I was fucking. I went from talkative and cool and hanging out to like, I needed a fucking wheelchair, man. Like, I was just, I was like, what? And you could smell that this thing came from, like, this was crazy. So I start watching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I'm sitting there, and Pete's describing stuff to me, and I'm kind of into it, and I'm watching Nicholson stuff, and his acting, and some of the scenes. And then I just, he just said, I just went out. So I uh, I know it's a classic, and I haven't seen it. But I'm going to go see um, the guy Roper, you know, the, the, the movie critic Roper. Um, he was on the show tonight with us on the Artie Lang show. And he was saying that that movie with uh, Christian Bale and Casey Affleck, that Furnace movie is like insane and over the top and great. So I'm looking forward to that. That one I'm going to see. And that one I'm going to review on the, uh, that one I'm definitely going to review. So. That's it, everybody. Uh, let me get into some plugs here. Hour and one minute at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's 3.04 right now in the morning. Uh, plugs, very simple. Tomorrow night, this will be up before then. Tomorrow night, I will be at Gotham Comedy Club in New York City at 8 o'clock. Uh, doing a, um, like a, I don't know if it's a charity or a corporate, I don't know. Uh, 8 o'clock tomorrow at Gotham Comedy Club. Then on Wednesday... Um, I will be doing um, Bobby Kelly's podcast, YKWD podcast, and on Friday I will be doing two shows, Friday the 22nd I will be doing two shows at Stand Up New York, um, I was scheduled for the 945 spot, but I'm not going to be doing that because they're going to move it earlier, and then I'm going to go upstairs, they have an upstairs like a little smaller comedy club, and I'm going to be doing a half hour up there. When they have an overflow of when they have an overflow of people downstairs, they bring other people upstairs. So I'm going to be doing a half hour upstairs, and I'm going to be doing a regular spot downstairs. So I'll be at Stand Up New York all night on Friday night. That is on 78th and Broadway. So come down there. Always great shows. Always great crowds. Saturday night I will be opening up for Bill Burr, the last show with me and Burr this year, and it's been an amazing run. Um, you know, I think we did like, I mean, like I said before, I mean, me and Bill 
him being West Coast, me being East Coast, we used to do like five, six gigs a year together just because we're friends. And this year we've done just a ton with everything. And, and this is the last one. So uh, we're going to have a good time with this one. Um, it is in New Haven, Connecticut. I don't even know. Southern Connecticut. I don't even know. Um, but I'm doing that with Bill. Um, and then on Sunday, I will be back at uh, Stand Up New York. So those are the plugs for the week. I'm going to update the new website. Um, well, I'm going to update my website with the new dates, I should say. Follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. Um, and that's it, you know. Recapping the episode. Um, don't hate me because I had a veal chop because the shit was good and you eat burgers. So get off. Get That's bullshit. Um, that's one point. Another point is, when is it enough? Are we like over? Are we looking too much at like what kids do and like what we, what everybody does? Are things being too scrutinized right now? Are we not letting people kind of live? Is there too much judgment going on? Too much sensitivity? I don't know. Um, I hope not. And uh, yeah, that's it. New York fans, stop booing. Stop booing for the wrong reasons when you're just mad your team is losing. How about you just boo the Knicks? How about chant, we're not coming back, or we're not coming, or fucking you guys suck, or I'm selling my tickets, or whatever the fucking chant is. Do something like that, but don't, don't fire Woodson like the guy's not, it's just so stupid. So, that's it everybody. I'm not going to lie, the last three minutes of this one I did get tired. I, I, I hung in there, I had the energy the whole time, but I'm not, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready for bed. It's 3am. This has been the Verzi Effect Podcast, episode 136. Until episode 137, take care, everybody. Keep the comments coming on iTunes. And um, talk to you soon. Take care.